Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. And Mike, the feverish Fadero. It's never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 365. And I'm here, as always, with the feverish Fanero. What up, what up? We have a totally new concept. So I'm explaining this really quick. I'm going to try to. Fenero, if you have to, step in. You'll do. So this year, first of all, we're not doing Rookie Fever player profiles. <gasps> Fenero and I decided that... How do I say it, Fenero? Do, I, think I, we, I can say it. Okay, you say it. <laughs> so I remember years ago when we started it, it came from a need. No one was doing it. No one was doing rookie player profiles. It was the weirdest thing in the world to me as a dynasty player that you couldn't just get one player's information in a nice, succinct show. You would just get talk about the class, talk about players randomly, never really get that. So then we decide, you know what we should do? We should do a show each week. Let's do two or three shows each week just dedicated to one player. Let's see if we can get two rounds in by the time we get through it. Had a ton of fun. Couldn't wait to do it the next season. And then as we did... Many, 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 many other More people did up. the same thing. Yeah, so it just started to just really get um, overpopulated very, very and start deleted. earlier and earlier, which we were talking before we started, and just starting earlier and earlier. Remember when we used to start on February 2, February 4, somewhere in that range, and we're like, wow, that's really early. Like, like Super Bowl like isn't even over yet. Look at us. Mm-hmm. It's starting even earlier these days. And and it wasn't like the most creative idea ever or anything no, like that. No, it at isn't. All. It was one it of those not. ideas that even when you and I were talking about it, we we're like you said, why isn't anybody yeah, doing why this? Why isn't it like, here? It's yeah, simple as that. Let's do it. Right. So, I mean, at this point, everybody's doing it. Correct. A lot of the people doing it are people that we would have had on and guests for that show. Absolutely. I think the void has been filled. Yeah. And 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 honestly, like in doing it, I started to just kind of like. I don't want to say how I feel. So what the concept of this show is going to be is we're going to have guests on weekly and we want to know how they feel about rookies. We're going to bring in some redraft guys, some Debbie guys, maybe some college guys. Um, Tonight we're bringing a super flex guy. I want to see if they guess who. Well, it's, it's on the show title. We brought in, Super, super flexiest. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and uh, and we Back just kind of want to know. Say it better. <laughs> yeah, like how they feel about rookies, you know, maybe some rookie memories. Um, yeah, I got to do the redo. <laughs> I'm still going to introduce you. <laughs> um, but and just to know how they feel about rookies, what they mean to them, maybe some of their first rookie drafts and kind of where we are in this I'm personally going to try to keep my opinions out of this the most I can, but I'm so. very excited about it though, because I feel like uh, this is the time of year where you you put on any podcast and it, it, it they all start to sound the same. So we're hoping yeah. that this sounds different. We're hoping that this is a place where you can still talk rookies, but, but throughout, like we're hoping this series goes through the draft and past the draft because you feel about rookies or quite differently today than you yep. will maybe after the draft. And that's kind of the point of this experiment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And get and ready no- for an hour of, of rookie <laughs> fever where we're just like, let's not talk about rookies. It's the wrong time to talk about rookies. That's what I'm going to say anyways for the next and hour. <laughs> so with that said, it, it was really easy for us to pick our guests. Yeah. Um, great that's friend of the show. Why. We, we haven't talked in a while. Um, Too long. And we had to get Superflex dude on. We had to bring on John Hogue. Uh, we we got the best. We brought him here for you. Yo. But then, so, John, you touched really quick, and we'll get in the show. I'm going to throw this to Fenero too, but um, Rookie Fever. Like, what the fuck is Rookie Fever? Like, Rookie Fever doesn't mean they're a good idea. Like, sometimes like, I even, like, question, like, did we take Rookie Fever the right way? And I think we did, Fenero. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But what is Rookie Fever? Rookie Fever never implies that it's the right thing to do. It's just a fever. Right. Yeah. 
and yeah. so I it's think a marketing we, campaign, dude. I, I'm yeah. not 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 you guys' podcast, but like yeah. the yeah. concept of rookie fever within the fantasy football industry, the dynasty industry. It's it's seriously just a marketing campaign. We kind of talked about this off air. It's kind of a race to, uh, you know, who can have the hottest takes, who can get the most attention. Um, put on them. And like Finero said, I mean, you, you know, you have to get at it earlier and earlier now because there are just more people who want to win that sprint and, you know, be the one to kind of initiate uh, this, you know, the, the way out oversized reaction to the fact that we've got some young players who are about to join the league that we mm-hmm. haven't seen before. Yeah. So I'm going to say one more thing. But again, I'm, I'm really trying to not say too much because I, I want to get the guest's opinion on this. And I know Fenero and I, we might do one ourselves and yeah. we're, we're not quite sure if our thoughts will be dripped into all of these shows or if we'll <laughs> do a couple happen. of our own here and there. But guys, I think it's a hindrance. I believe that all of this rookie noise is holding dynasty teams back from making conscious, like, good moves that could make their teams better with active vets. Like, we're not even into free agency, for example. And all we're talking about is rookies. And nobody is focusing on their team builds. They're just focusing on rookies. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much of my own feelings away, but... Um, when John called it a race, I think he, he kind of nailed, uh, the analogy. And I think, I think that the, 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 to complete the analogy, it's, it's a relay race that people don't realize they're in. Does that make sense? So everyone thinks they're in a race where there's a start line and a finish line. But the reality is there's, there's several parts of the off season that give us more information. So all we're doing is racing to that next point and then racing to that next point and then racing to that next point. So it's, it winds up being like you're almost exhausted by the end, right? You hear about, like we were talking about rookie fatigue, like really early last season, really early, where the 2023 class was godlike in 2021 and then became like, we don't like anyone in this draft class by the time, I want to say March came around. That's way too early to have rookie fatigue, but that's where we're at. Yep. Yeah. Man, it's, we're already working on that right now, too. People oh, are talking themselves out of Caleb Williams right now. Yep. yep. They're trying to get Patrick Mahomes instead. They went yeah. from pumping <laughs> iron to hopping on the treadmill and joining that race. <laughs> John, let's get this started with right off the top. The, the question you know is coming your way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you to put two different hats on when I when I ask you this question. The first hat's going to be your redraft hat. What, okay. do rookie, what do rookies mean to you? Very little in redraft like uh, i you know like you kind of get in on the the cj strouds and puka nakua's early on uh you know you you kind of uh project that a little bit but i mean Bijan robinson just kind of proved this like mm-hmm. the guys the, the and and uh, i mean all of the rookie wide receivers uh they they really kind of showed that you know here here were the guys that we were just convinced are going going to be fantasy relevant and they were barely even startable most weeks, you know? So you get, uh, like, you, you, you just kind of sit it out and then hope that you find those, those, you know, those gems, like I said, Puka Nakua and CJ Stroud in a redraft league. And if you miss on them, that's kind of okay because, uh, you know, you, you had already planned for the likelihood that your roster wasn't going to depend on the rookies at all. So, you know, it's it. You're just kind of it's it's just gravy from there. If you do end up with anyone who's actually startable from time to time, and a rookie first season too. I mean, I you make me think of running backs when you say that, right? Like, how many mm-hmm. great running backs with amazing finishes did we have to wait half the season to to yeah. be usable in redraft? Like we talk about it on Rookie Fever all the time. Half the season goes by before Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, any of these guys get a shot, right? So the other thing that kind of happens too, like I, I always on my podcast, I'm constantly talking about the psychology of all of this. If you stay away from the rookies in a redraft league, let somebody else deal with them. Now you've got at least one, uh, you've, you've got one person in your league for sure who was 
completely alienated by Bijan Robinson, um, didn't get what they were expecting from Jameer Gibbs, and now they're out, which is crazy. They're, they're, they expected this to happen uh, in a timeline that never happens. Mm. And when it didn't, they're just kind of done with this play. They're just, they just write off that player. And it makes them that much more accessible to you now that you're on you know more proper, more, uh, more appropriate timeline for that player. And unless it's a tight end, I found that if it's a tight end, a lot of people are are like Luke Musgrave's the next best thing. Like right. <laughs> Jigo's the next best thing. Um, yeah, Dulcich the next best thing. Like yeah, it's always these tight point. ends that like you end the season and like they're just like it's like dude they had three hundred yards. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I got to pause really quick because. Uh, John, you're right. I, I didn't introduce you very well. He's the creator of QBX. He's got the Superflex Super Show. I, I just feel like everybody knows you, but that wasn't fair to you. We'll put it somewhere in the show description. We'll we'll do you good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that ended up being a, a one of the better uh, one of the better intros that I've ever had. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, John. Why don't we take the redraft hat off and just does that question change at all when I say, you know, what does what do rookie mean rookies mean to you as a dynasty player? Does that change at all? Yeah, like materially just changes it entirely. Um, and, you know, not that all of a sudden I'm more interested in rookies. I just recognize that uh, the markets change quite a bit for rookies. Um, and, you know, necessarily like they, sh- they should, because, uh, you don't need the breakout season to be the rookie season because like you've got these guys as long as it takes. So, you know, so, so there's a lot more reason to, uh, to, you know, to, to invest and then, uh, you know, kind of wait it out and, um, you know, get these guys like you, you do end up on that timeline eventually where you can't do that really in redraft. So that's a big part of it. It, it, it really kind of is about the way people just value rookie picks and rookie players, which is also, you know, kind of two different conversations, mm-hmm. but it's, it's less about how I feel about them. And it's more about just the opportunity that I see in mm-hmm. each one of my leagues, uh, based on, you know, based on the way people kind of, uh, you know, irrationally behave within those markets. So um, I think that's a big part of it. What I will say is I do see opportunity with rookies because we've seen that, again, we we did get Puka Nakua. We did get Sam Laporta. We did get CJ Stroud. Like rookies can not only be relevant, they can change the entire landscape of your league if you get the right mix. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there, we, I think we have to consider that part. It's just thinking that you're going to, that you're going to do that with one pick is the, the fallacy that so many people fall into. Yeah. So it's like, if you've got one pick, it, there's not a whole lot that you're going to be able to do with that. Like, even if you get it right, you're still trying to, you're trying to win the Powerball. Yeah, at that point, but and, and you you've got a lot, a lot of picks. Yeah, you'll see like a non-contender trade Mike Evans to a contender for a pick. Mike Evans might be a bad example, but a vet like, um, and then they just assume that that's going to rebuild their team so quickly, while that team that you just got the pick from is getting better. So the pick that you're getting is should be later if that other contender is doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just don't think people, I think people just see like the pick, like, oh, I got two seconds. It's like, yeah, you got a 211 and a 212. Like, yeah. that's not that cool. Like, good luck. Well, Puka hit in the fourth. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like, look at all the guys that didn't hit in front of him. I'm curious, John, you mentioned you have a couple dynasty teams that have aged out a little bit you won some money off them in the years prior but you're you're kicking into rebuild like what path did you take with those to rebuild was is that a situation where you felt like going more after rookie picks or youth or just kind of totally tear down i've done it a few different ways i i do think the rookie picks uh are are kind of the the cheat a little bit um you know, particularly, uh, 
it, for one thing, you can kind of guide your own pick and help it gain some more value. And I think that's, that's pretty yep. important. Like I said, I think you gotta, you, you, if you're gonna do it that way, if you're gonna try and rebuild through the rookie draft, you need lots of picks. You know, it's, it, again, there isn't a silver bullet here in a community that's dying for silver bullets. Like they probably spend a ton of money on diet pills, but like, because like, that's what we're all looking for. Just, I don't want to exercise. Just let me take a, a pill. And it's a great analogy. <laughs> like, and, and it's the same thing with rookie picks. They're just, I, I've got one on one. That's all I need. Eh, probably not. Right. In fact, like, 101 last year did absolutely nothing for anyone yeah. and they they made the right pick it just they're not any closer to contending here a year later right. than they were you know so yeah. like you you need a lot of them you need to be able to take some shots because you need to to somehow find those diamond in the rough guys the puka nakua's and tank dells sam laporta's you've got to be able to find those guys and you need to you need to be able to take multiple shots at this because I don't care how good people think they are at evaluating players. They have no idea. You just have no idea who are going to be the guys that hit to that extent and change the outlook for your dynasty roster. Yeah. I mean, just think of that, the Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. all, all the quarterbacks in that draft, and none of them are helping us today. Like, right. And yeah. and people were going well. Trevor Lawrence, I think that he's still the fantasy viable, um, but he isn't that. He hasn't shown that generational talent that we thought he was going to right away. And people people are easy to shit on Trey Lance and Zach Wilson today, but there was plenty of people telling you they're the next guy uh, just a couple of years ago and selling those ideas to the people that they're giving advice to. I'll do you one better, Swags. How about Malik Willis at this time of year? Oh, don't get me started. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy to get me started on that. But I mean, that kind of, that kind of outlines the point, right? That, like you no, start, it, you start early enough. Didn't he just take Detroit to the playoffs and lost against the 49ers? This is a very good point. Yeah, I mean, I mean he was the for sure guy we were going to draft. Yes. <laughs> single handedly did that. Yeah. I, I watched him. <laughs> <laughs> John, that leads that leads me to this question that might might have even been the the first question I could have asked you. Has rookie fever just gone too far? Um, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that. Uh, if okay, if it hadn't jumped the shark previously, it all it hasn't now either. There you go. Uh, I kind of think it went way too far. I mean, basically, as long as I've been doing this, I think people have been kind of off on rookie picks and how to use them and how to value them. So the one thing I will say about rookie picks is like, if you have a player, Curtis Samuel, Mm -hmm. maybe another bad example. And if somebody comes to me and they're like, let's say it's somebody a little bit better than Curtis Samuel, but not that great. And you're, they're like, "Ah, should I do this for the pick? And the answer is probably yes. And I would say the reason for that is, is because you, you do have more flexibility with a pick. More people are going to want that third round pick from you than anybody's going to want Curtis Samuel from you. So you don't necessarily have to use that pick in your rookie drafts, but it will still more people will be interested in your picks just because of the current landscape that isn't going away than anybody's going to be about. Deontay Foreman. There's some of those guys. Like, yep, take the fourth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to misuse those picks once they have them, too. That's, and honestly, that's a big part of why I'm always happy to trade my picks away. Uh, just because I know, first of all, I'm, you know, I, like I'm kind of winning that twice because first I'm getting the value, the value bump by getting a, an established player who, you know, we actually know what we're getting with that player. But then also the fact that I know this this person who just traded for my pick is actually going to make their team worse right. yeah. with their hubris uh, on, you know, being so sure that uh, of which play. Like, people right now are already talking themselves into Marvin Harrison Jr. It, 101 in a Superflex League. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's just kind of... 
that's silly. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like if 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 you don't believe in Caleb Williams, that's fine, but you got to go quarterback there. And even if you feel like you've got all the way, all the quarterbacks you need, you're willing to like you can't trade out a one hundred and one. You need a wide receiver. I still where it's February. These guys aren't on teams. Yet we haven't seen what their draft capital is going to be. We haven't seen their landing spots. Don't commit to Marvin Harrison Jr. just yet. But people want to do that. They just want to. Yeah, at no point should you. I wouldn't even say just yet. I would add at no point. Right. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's never going to make sense. But and to it me, certainly that's not even matter. saying that he's bus- going to be a buster. I'm not trying to throw sh- any shade on him, but. Uh, you guys know he, me, and I mean, wide receivers are the most replaceable position in fantasy football, and I'm not going to spend a one-on-one on on any of them, even with the longevity. Absolutely. So, and and I don't, I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think he's f- relatively safe. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can't say for a fact that he's not going to be a bust because we've seen. We've seen so many players in the exact same situation uh, with the exact same amount of hype going into the draft. Yeah. And then they do absolutely nothing. Right. Corey Davis was a sure shot. Nikhil Harry was a sure shot. Yeah. Traylon Burks. Yeah. Traylon Burks. Yeah. Sure shots. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is a better player than all of those, but the, the takeaway should be there's always a non-zero chance that these guys bust. I don't care how good they were in college. There's always that chance. I mean, Jay, Jalen Rager had his offseason, though, before he started his NFL career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't speak his name. <laughs> we do not speak his name. Yeah, I mean, John, you and Swags are probably, like, two of my favorite people to talk strategy. Like, just the, the game within the game. Um, how do you, how do you, how can you use or have you used Rookie Fever against, like, people in your leagues? Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the big thing is, uh, I mean, being willing to trade away that draft pick. Um, and, and honestly, like, as much as people tell you, if even if you're going to trade the pick, don't do it now. Because it's mm-hmm. going to continue to gain value. Mm-hmm. I, like, people hear that r- kind of ringing in their ears when you start negotiating a trade. And so they, and they start to feel like, okay, so I'm going to get him at a discount. Well, the problem is you are always going to overvalue that pick. So, like, your <laughs> discount is still you overpaying. So, I'll, yeah, I'll do it right now in February. I'll, I'll right. if, if, uh, if you're willing to. So, like, the other day I saw somebody give up give up uh sam laporta for rookie pick 112 in a one quarterback league wow. and and i'm just like if somebody comes to me with that type of offer right now because they're that hard up for rookie picks like i'm i'm not gonna be like nah i gotta wait until april and mm-hmm. see what this pick is worth right. then but Pulling like that trigger yeah yeah do, you know do it now because nobody else is everybody else wants to just wait and see what the value increase looks like. And to me, it's like, it's, it's already too high. Let's just Isn't exploit that kind it. of where he was going in rookie drafts before <sighs> he had I, success. I, I would imagine he went even later, but like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the highest he would have went. And yeah. yeah, I, and that's when he was just kind of a, an afterthought to Dalton Kincaid, you know? Mm hmm. And now, I mean, to me, that you're talking about dynasty tight end number one overall. Yeah, I'll take him over Kelsey. I'll take him over Pitts. Like, I'll take him over all those guys. Over Mark Andrews. Like, it's in Hawkinson with the injury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I would have took Laporte anyways, but yeah, especially with the ACL. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like it's it's just. Like, what are you possibly going to get at 112? This is a thing that people don't think about with those picks. They just have themselves convinced that it, that it, again, it's that silver bullet. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's going to work out. But like, actually think about what you're going to, what you could possibly get with that pick and what it would take for that player that you take to outperform Sam Laporta. Yeah. 
I mean, he just broke rookie records for tight ends. So, like, that's that's the bar that you're trying to reach with rookie pick 112 in a league that doesn't even, val- you know, the, the, the better players aren't being pushed down by quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I was talking uh, to Fenero last week on our buys and sells show, and we kind of mentioned that idea of, and this is this is a little bit different than when you're dealing with like a first rounder or something, but we were talking about a potential trade and giving a third rounder for it or a second rounder for it, and I, I kind of made the point. I go, the thing is, is that somebody in every rookie draft is going to have a guy, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. they're going to want to get their guy. And in every point, round. Yeah, you'll be able to trade your 302 for – they'll just be like, fine, I'm done with this guy because I want my guy because I'm so smart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My guy fell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And even when they don't have a guy, they still have a position. And for everybody right now, it's rookie fever. So uh, that's another way you can exploit rookie fever, by the way, is – like if I've got rookie pick – you know, one oh seven. I don't. I don't have plans for that pick just yet. I first of all, I don't think that you really can. But uh, what I do know is that I'm going to be looking for quarterbacks and running backs. And if if there's any way that I can make that pick, take a running back with that pick, um, without a massive, without it being a massive reach, I'm going to do it. But the fact that everybody is just like. This is such a great wide receiver class. I've got to get in on that. They've earmarked 107 as a wide receiver. Yep. And so I know that I, I can give up that pick and not have any competition for my running backs. So, you know, it's a, it's that's another thing that you can kind of do is just is be like, all right, I, I'm moving back out of that wide receiver range. Let you guys fight over all the wide receivers. And, you know, some of you, some of you will get it right-ish and it – it's going to make a pretty marginal difference for your roster and for your scoring output. Uh, some of you are just going to straight up get it wrong. Meanwhile, I'm just going to, I'll, you know, with the picks that I have in the late first, early second, I'm just going to scoop up all the running backs because we know that that's, that's where the running backs of the future are going to come from. I, I love that you brought that up. I, I, I want to see if Swags and I do this series long enough where we can see what I predict. I predict that these running backs that we're all like snoring about right now, after they get draft capital, and I know the draft capital won't be first round. I'm not trying to say that, but draft capital and teams, they're mm-hmm. going to, I mean, they're going to go right back into the first round where they always are of rookie drafts, I'm talking. Uh, yeah. Where right now, if you do a rookie mock, you'll be lucky to see one running back in the entire first round if you're doing rookie mocks right now i just i just really 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 strongly think that we will have wide receiver rookie fatigue at some point and say well you know they're all kind of in the same area we all need running backs this running back went to baltimore or this running back went to you know landing spots really get us excited so i'm really anxious to see if these running backs hold on to this reputation that they all suck because i just it would be the first year i've ever seen it maybe the you know, I've been playing Dynasty since 2016, not forever, but I, I running backs have always been a, a huge, huge part of any draft. Superflex, redraft, all of them. It's just, it's, Whoa. it's a diamond, right? Like they're, they're rare. Yep. How many seasons do we get to the NFL draft and it's over? And some of our smartest Debbie analysts are like, wow, I have to yeah. go redo everything. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> so we go through. Free agency, you're going to have to reset. We go through the combine, going to have to reset. Rookie draft, you you reset again. And I don't know. I don't personally believe that it's rookie season. <laughs> like, it hasn't even hit yet. No. Yeah. They're not even really rookies yet. They're still, no! they're still in college at the moment. I don't know if they've... Like, I, have they all even declared yet? Have we even hit that deadline yet? No. Like, yeah. A couple have, so, but. Yeah. Yeah. They all have Fenero? Did you say yeah? Uh, I don't know. That's a good, I, I think there's, I think that has passed, but it just Fenero, recently are you it going has. To the rookie, are you going to the draft this year? Uh, in Detroit? It depends yeah. on if, if somebody there really wants me to come visit. 
you know, somebody oh, in Kalamazoo. I don't live in Detroit. <laughs> uh, well, somebody in Kalamazoo close by. I'm not saying I need to stay with said person, but this person wanted to, you know, be like, hey, dude, you don't want to go hang out at the draft? I'd probably go. Otherwise, I think I might wait for next year. <laughs> he thinks Detroit's shitty. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> I know. Well, you know That's why it what is. what we all think. Not to get off topic here, but what happens, I don't explain this from like a geographical standpoint, it's mm-hmm. Ohio that messes it all up. Because people, this is true, people like want to go across America, like back when people used to do that, and they'd get in Ohio, and you could choose to turn left or right to turn up into Michigan, but Ohio sucks so bad that it's, <laughs> they feel like it's not even worth it because Ohio's, and, and this isn't about like the people in Ohio. This isn't a, this isn't a joke. Ohio is flat as hell farmland for as far as the eyes can see. It's just, just highways and road, but you turn up into Michigan and it slowly gets like, it's a pretty cool place. I've heard tell. But Detroit, eh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk John did, did Yeah, we will definitely talk. John, did rookie fever ever fool you? Like, can you give us, like, your worst decision made by, like, falling for the fever, if you will? It could be a trade. It could be a draft pick. Anything. Like, when did you fall for the fever? You know, if you want to save your integrity to say it was, like, 10 years ago when you fell for it. But. <laughs> <laughs> um... Man, I don't, I don't think, uh, like, not to pat myself on the back too much, but I don't think I've really ever fallen for it too hard. I mean, there, there are kind of some minor examples, like Noah Fant. I, I was, I was all in on, um, you know, to, to the extent of like moving up in the first round to the middle of the first round to take him. You know, there's like little things like, and that, that was, there was a heavy tight end premium in that league, by the way, but. And you're a Denver, fan that yeah that too and it it just felt like i mean the the big thing was another iowa hawkeye coming in Mm -hmm. at tight end like it's just a factory over there so like these guys just hit after hit after hit so um yeah it's it's kind of littler things like that uh i bought into jordan addison probably a little harder than i than i typically would have mostly just because you know like Typically, I just have no use for rookie wide receivers, but I just felt like, man, the the landing spot is so good, you know. Like they're they're kind of smaller examples like that, but um, a, that is a small example. You should trade that one hundred and seventy five pound frame away for like what we say last week: DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, mm-hmm. or uh, had one other example. But yeah, you should. Get rid of that frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm down. I don't have any shares left. So, nice. like, yeah. Kind of kind of started to figure it out throughout the season. And the thing is, I mean, uh, you know, that's still me kind of messing it up because, like I said, I mean, he's. I'm going to miss out on him actually getting on a timeline where he's going to be effective. But uh, I just, I'm making a bet that his effectiveness is never going to be uh, quite what people expected. I think my big one, if if uh, I could answer that question, the one that comes to mind is Kenneth Dixon. Oh, oh wow. I did that yeah. too. I did that yeah. too. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. that is a good one. I have two and, and then more Joshua recent ones. Kelly, but I didn't yeah. buy in as early. But I was no, all about like, rounder. thinking yeah. that that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. My two real bad ones were both uh, first-round rookie picks, and I think back-to-back. If they weren't, they were two of three years, and that was Paris Campbell and Jalen Rager. Mm. Like, these yeah. were these are players that I liked as well as other players, like, going in the same area, and I fell for them because of rookie fever. I know it was that. They're, they were both dynamic players. Uh, if you watched highlight reels, you'd love them. But they, there, there was plenty in their profile to not like. If you looked a little closer, and I feel like they were just, um, I just got swept up. I got, and I think I still to this day get swept up in rookie fever. I just had to fight it off. I, I went way too hard after Josh Rosen, mm. like, oh, and a in a in a draft where it was really hard to get it wrong at quarterback. I got it really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> One of my worst trades ever involves Josh Rosen. And I don't, that's all I want to say. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I, I got Josh Rosen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I passed on Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, even Baker Mayfield. Like I passed on all those guys. I took Josh Rosen at like 103 mm, in that ouch. class. Like I, I missed out on yeah. the running backs and then was just like, all right. Yep. To me, QB1. Josh Rosen. <laughs> yep. so, it was so that gross. obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's a, it's amazing how organically we can we can basically all say the same thing, you know? Like we're 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 saying that it's it, it's a trap, mm-hmm. you know? It it can it can be a trap. There's no doubt about that. Um what's your what's your favorite and if you need some time to think about this John, I'll I'll, I'll unload mine. But what was your favorite move or trade during a rookie draft? One that you just look back on and say, "Man, if I could, that one. if I yeah, I nailed that one." And especially like I'll tell you mine because it was a multi move. So yeah. in March, in March of last off season, um, I was aggressively being tracked uh, by Larry Monkey for Garrett Wilson. He just absolutely wanted Garrett Wilson. He was throwing a variety of overpays at me, and I really loved Garrett Wilson, man. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I was, I was really liking the situation with him and Aaron Rodgers. I didn't want to give him up. And then he threw me the 102. And when he threw me the 102 for Garrett Wilson, I was like, damn, in Superflex, I don't have a choice. I'm going to have to do this. Knowing it was probably Anthony Richardson at 102, when the draft took place shortly after the rookie draft in May, I moved the 102 in draft Away from Anthony Richardson, down to the 104, and also picked up the 111 in return. Oh, man. And then I'm guessing C.J. Stroud at 4. C.J. Stroud at 4 and A-Chain at 11. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's just like, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's some capital right there. That's a, ter- you can turn a team around with something like that. For Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't feel like I really have anything like that. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I have a little bit of uh, amnesia when it comes to, to any draft startup, yeah. uh, rookie drafts, otherwise. Uh, and, and part of it is, I, you know, a lot of times people lean a little bit too hard on, oh, I drafted him in the first round. So, you know, like he's he's more valuable than that. And like, I mean, he kind of was at the time, according to you. But now he's not worth anywhere near that. So, like, let's just forget about what happened. But, like, yeah, I mean, I'd, most of my moves when it comes to the rookie draft is just, like, trading out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, or, or, like, I'll stockpile picks. Like, I'll move backwards a little bit. Um, and, and like, last year I ended up with... Uh, I think I was at 108 and I traded back into the second round and got like three picks for it. And they all ended up being, it, it, it was like Ty J Spears, Devin A. Chan and Roshan Johnson. Oh, know? wow. So like wow. it, it, it's, it's kind of things like that. They seem like a little move. I don't, I don't have a, a story of a big move like that. I wish I did though. I'm jealous. Well, I think, how, I think how do you guys feel about Ty J Spears. Right now, he seems like the de facto starter. And longevity would be the big concern for me with Spears. It sounds like it looks like he has the juice. So it looks like he's going to increase in value. It looks like Henry's gone. So like there's there's going to be a bump, but we all know about it. So it's it's already there. You know, we we say there's going to be a bump. It's there. We all know that's the value of Tajay Spears. My concern would just be, you know, just the longevity. But that's my concern with every running back, to be quite honest. If you're going to get two years out of Tajay Spears, he was he was a he was a huge hit for you. Right. Uh, you know, with your extra picks. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about. We throw around the word hit all the time. And I know it's different for every position, but just lo- loosely speaking, or pick a position to, to, to provide an example. After a rookie season, besides Puka Nakua and, you know, the obvious ones that wind up being like, you know, number, you know, top five of the position, how do you define a hit? What makes a hit in your mind? Like, when, what, when do you think, like, it was Rojan Johnson a hit? In those three that you, in those three picks that you had, you know what I mean? Like, what defines a hit in your mind, loosely speaking? Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it kind of depends on the position too, right? Like, it does, hundred um, percent does. Yeah, like because, like you said, at running back, I mean, we're not looking for longevity necessarily. Like, uh, we can we can hope for it, but we very rarely actually get that. So, um, so you know, if you it, 
and it, and it depends on where you took them. That's part of it uh-huh. too. Like what was the investment? Them, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in the case of Roshan Johnson, where I got him in kind of the later second round, I think I consider him a hit because I was able to start him multiple times uh, in his rookie season already. And, you know, with the opportunity to potentially do some more of that. Um, but like, even if I, even if that never happens, even if he's just relegated to the bench for the rest of his career, I still consider that a hit because I got something out of him that I wasn't expecting it 208 or 209, whatever it was. Um, but you know, when we're, when we talk about, you know, higher draft picks, I think there's a little bit more to it. And especially when you're looking at wide receivers and quarterbacks, like we need to see some kind of evidence that this is going to stick. And so, you know, as good as Pukanakua was, as good as Tank Dell was, I don't know that we can call them hits just yet. I mm-hmm. I think uh, Puka got a massive, massive value increase, and I think that he hit in that regard. But in terms of uh, if I'm if I'm not going to try and capitalize on the value, if I'm just looking for some production, I don't think that we can say he's a hit just yet because we've seen these you know one season and then flame out we've seen that before so we need to see that this is going to be a consistent thing from him right and with the performance where he also broke rookie records you assume like you said that 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 will continue but we've mm-hmm. seen we've seen injury you know dismay that we've seen change um in just roster like literally quarterback yeah like there's 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 tons of reasons i mean jefferson's Possibly right, Justin Jefferson, the um, wide receiver one in almost everyone's heart. He's gonna possibly not have Kirk Cousins, so it sounds like he might return. But I mean that th- those things happen to every single player out there. It's not it's a team sport more than any other sport, and we like to think that the player can just do what the player does all by himself. And some some extraordinary cases like a C.J. Stroud where Houston just didn't look good at all, where he just elevates everyone around him. But that's that's like almost an example of what I was saying. A quarterback is one of those players, like the wide receiver running backs. We don't even know how much opportunity they're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really tough, tough things to chase. Um, yep. Finero, I traded away Traquan Smith and Nikhil Harry and got Amon Ross St. Brown. And then immediately in the league chat, from the person that made the deal with me was I had to do it. It was just way too good of a deal. And then the whole league chimed in and loved that Nikhil Harry and Traquan Smith side. That's classic. Wow. I thought I thought that I thought I was bragging with my one little move that I got lucky or fortunate. That's that's sick. That I gotta is. say though, Swags, I love you, brother, but I hate it when people's uh, their fandom works out for them because oh, it never. I know, it I know pretty, dude. I'm the same way. It pretty much never happens for me. Like if I get excited about a Broncos player, they never pan out. No offense. I'm looking at you, Jerry Judy. I'm looking at you. Get excited I'm about still these buying guys. Noah fan. Really? He's only 26 years old. He's only 26. He hasn't even got to the tight end hit age yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still time. They just. Uh, he's never been able to overcome will disley and then they threw in another <laughs> like they've been running like a three tight end committee for the yeah. last couple of years yeah like since he got there it's just like dude yeah this is just yeah but what happened to that keeps, i know i mean it was it was, I was injury, so excited about him i know it, it was it was injury but that's something to worry about like he yeah. he spent several weeks uh, he got injured in the first quarter of the first game He's on IR, finally comes back, instantly hurt again. It's like, uh, so is that just kind of going to be the story going forward? And then Sean Payton just, I don't know how much he likes him anyways. I, I Lucas Kroll is kind of the guy that, that, that I think you want to take a shot at. Um, I think well, they've kind of... That's a name you don't hear much, too. That's probably yeah. very achievable. Yeah, yeah. He, he's probably on waivers in most of your leagues. Like, mm-hmm. I, it... It, and it doesn't matter how deep that league is. He's probably available on waivers. All right, John, I got two more for you. Nice. This one, this one we talk about on Rookie Fever all the time. Mm-hmm. And Swags is probably, well, not probably, Swags on record is better at this than I am. And I think everybody 
has a different version of of willing to let go of like the promise of a high rookie pick or any rookie pick for that matter. Like Bryce Young might be a good example. Like when do you let go of like this hope, this promise of what you drafted? Like when's too early? When's too late? How unhealthy is the relationship? Yeah. Like, you know, we hold on to the, we all hold on to a player or two longer than we probably ever should. But, but in particular, like, is there any, like, even if you, again, pick a position, like a quarterback, I'm never going to let go because I want to see blah, blah, blah. But I I don't know. Like, I I feel like everyone's going to answer this question differently. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's another one. It's kind of case sensitive. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard to say. I, what I will say is like, I'll, I tend to give players a benefit of the doubt, probably beyond where they deserve it a lot of times. Um, but you know, I, I, like I, I, I start by kind of telling a story and then figure out, all right, can I break this? Like, is this, can I, can I find the flaws in this? Um, and you know, if I can, then, then yeah, it's like, okay, there's, there's no way of this happening. Like Bryce Young is one that I'm kind of, I'm struggling with because, yeah. uh, there, I mean, we saw some good things. We also know that Frank Reich doesn't seem to be a particularly good, uh, QB development guy. And so maybe they've got a better shot here with Dave Canales, but like, it's still just kind of what, you know, what's what's the path back for him and it seems awfully slim for him um i think people are giving up way too early and way too easy on jackson smith and jigba Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that we we saw we saw plenty from him um Mm -hmm. without a breakout season i think we saw enough flash uh yeah it it it, i mean i'm a lot of times i am kind of late to the to the to the bail on them party, you know, um, it took me way too long to give up on Zach Wilson. I'm still mm. not, I haven't given up on Trey Lance. So I don't Swags. have a great answer to be honest. Dude, I, I think Trey Lance is a sneaky candidate to like fall into that Jordan love category. Somebody that's going to be in a system where he's going to f- be able to like come that. up a little bit versus just being thrown out there with McCarthy. I think that, People have kind of forgotten, forgotten <laughs> that he was some of the roots of like leaving quarterbacks to develop on the bench for a while. And I, I, I love the Trey Lance mention. Um, I want to regress to like the idea of Bryce Young and, and sometimes letting go, not necessarily with him being the example, but to me, it's sometimes it's not just about like, are they going to fail? But what's their ceiling? Mm-hmm. Like, what are people thinking he's going to do? What do I think he's going to do in the best case situation? And if I can divert to somebody right now who's already shown us that and maybe get a plus on top of it, just because we're still living in like that Bryce Young rookie fever stage, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out now because and just get my points while I can. And it's not just being risk adverse. It is to a point though, but, and just kind of mm-hmm. th- like knowing that he hasn't got where we wanted him to get yet. I know it was just one year with Bryce, but also that I can get out and get into somebody that's given me that now and not even worry about it anymore. If Bryce Young hits on a trade I make like that, I don't even care. I'm, I'm fine because I'm still playing dynasty football with points in my lineup as long as there's not an injury. And if Bryce Young ends up developing and being a low-end QB1, that, that's more fun for fantasy anyway. It's more fun for Superflex, which is what we all play the most. But why not just get out now and get to something that's giving me points? Yeah, I think about your um, Tua-Bryce Young trade. I don't know if, if John heard about mm. that. Um, so John, that might be I a traded, good one. Um, I traded away... Hawkinson, Bryce Young, a 206 and a 211, and I got back Kyle Pitts and Tua. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. obviously, that that's looking good right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to me, you know, but the other guy feels like he looks good, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you just completed this trade, what, last week or two weeks ago? Weeks like ago, yeah. yeah, to put that in context, too. 
Um, it was pretty- I'd also been trying so hard to get out of Bryce Young in that league and to the point where I was probably depreciating his value. So when that deal happened, I was, I was good. And I'll give yeah. a generic question to my or generic answer to my question and, and say the two ways that I kind of like try to figure out like, you know, is this is this guy valuable next year is is what how how where did he meet my expectation? Right. So if my expectation was, you know, 10 out of 10 and I, and I got a five out of 10. Like, I think you, your expectation has to has to meet that. Like, for some reason, our expectations don't go down. They basically go up because there's like, oh, there's more room for this or there's more room for that or this will change or that will change. We can create that. And the other way I check is um, I stay in redraft leagues. You know, I have uh, the Scott Fishbowl. I mean, still have my uh, my home league. And I think by staying in redraft leagues, it gives me like, I'm like, oh, I started that guy. Like, kind of like John said, like you started Roshan Johnson. Like, I think redraft is like a great way to – to because uh, you have less you know less bench spots and you wind up starting these guys and winning with them even if they only give you four or five weeks and I think that's another way that I kind of gauge like my interest in the next year like if you can make a, a starting roster as a rookie for a fantasy team even if it is just a stretch um, you have my attention and when you can't like a Quinton Johnston who just who shouldn't have been in any lineup pretty much any week um, except for the maybe the two touchdown weeks. It was just he was he wasn't helping, you know. So there's there's players like that that now I'm like really off of. Like if I wasn't if I wasn't on them to begin with, if I just don't even see them or I see them getting dropped in redraft, um, those kind of things is when I kind of I think I think redraft is a nice way to zoom in um, to like because I think we 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 zoom out so often in dynasty that we just fill all that space up with hope and 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 by the time you get there you're 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 building that player right back up again with nothing as a foundation but redraft kind of shows that off it's just kind of like well, I never wanted to start him he was dropped he wasn't no no team even bothered to pick the guy up like that was his rookie season that's scary like his situation is not improved Bryce Bryce Young you could say his situation's improving but you don't know it it's the second it's the second coach in 2 years now you know what i mean that, that's a bad path that's how, two, that's how two has started yeah it's rough Mm-hmm. It's rough. It, it's it's just a tough start for Bryce Young, and um, and we were talking about it just last week about how there's so many holes there. You yeah, know, that's the thing. He only but, needs one more bad season, John, for nobody to care about him in fantasy, right? Which is is almost guaranteed, right? Like he's it, yeah. It, I feel like it this is. is yeah. This is kind of why I say it's case specific because mm-hmm. uh, you know in this particular case, it's like is is the talent there? Did we see that on the field at any point? I like I feel like I did. I I think that there's a little bit of uh, there was a little bit of downside, it, like his his insistence on staying in the pocket, which is mm. a weird criticism from me because all I want are pocket passers. But he, if, if for his own self-preservation, he needs to get out and run a little bit. But like you know, the the story of him breaking out would have to include an upgrade at, I mean, basically every offensive line position yep. and at wide receiver. Uh, they don't have a first round pick. <laughs> like, yeah, they they right. have minimal draft capital, anyways. They're going to have a really hard time luring free agents. So yep. it's like. How does this all get done in one off season? I it doesn't mean go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Like I, I feel like you have to bake that in right now to the value of Bryce Young. Right. Yeah. And and then from there you have to say, all right, so are they going to give up after two years where you know, two years of almost worst case scenario? Um, are they gonna are they gonna evaluate him off of that, or are they gonna say, "All right, we haven't done this guy any favors. Mm-hmm. We need to actually get this thing under control. We need to get him an alpha wide receiver. We need to get him some protection. We need to get him a more credible running game, and then see how he does with that." A lot of teams aren't willing to do that. They don't look in the mirror like that. They yep. just say, "All right, like we we did all we can." You know, we traded up to get you. It hurt our draft capital, and, and you just fell on your face. And it's like, it, despite it, like they don't even they don't even take responsibility for their part in it. You know, yeah, that's what most NFL teams do, though. 
And this is a particularly bad front office, too. No, you're right. It's it's those days of developing your quarterbacks is, I mean, they just give up. They're, they're fine, like, getting rid of whatever player they spent that first-round pick on and moving on to the next thing. The big question is, is who's, who's going to be the first quarterback he backs up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> See, you know what, John? Sw- swag. crowd. <laughs> Swags came up with this this um, zig while everyone else is zagging idea to just talk about rookies uh, with some of our closest friends. And starting with you was a no-brainer. Um, and all I did was come up with this little secondary idea that I don't even know if Swags knows about. But I'm going to ask every guest one question. Sounding like I don't know about it. i'm gonna ask every guest one question and it's going to be your advantage or disadvantage to be quite honest i'm not sure but you get the 101 okay okay and i want you to pick the best at any position the best nfl landing spot you get the first pick in this draft the best nfl landing spot for a rookie see i told you there's an advantage to going first and a massive disadvantage to being asked for the first time (laughs) <laughs> yeah with no with no like you get you get no time to really think it over you might go a little too aggressively one direction or another but there are a lot of choices dude a lot there of choices. are there, there are, are a what, lot of what would you just salvate over right so you probably uh, want to start with a team with a huge need a team that maybe just needs a piece yeah um right it's it's tough though dude yeah, I guarantee, it, I guarantee no one would have picked Houston's quarterback position last year at the 101. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, and and so it, it, and like again, it, it you know it kind of depends on the position a little bit too. You get to so you get to pick. It, you have to pick that. So you're picking yeah. the, the position and team. Yeah, um, and I think it also takes a little bit of forecasting yes. uh, that you know, for instance. Um, my, I think that what I'm ultimately going to go with here is uh, L.A. Chargers wide receiver. And again, mm. like I'm forecasting a little bit here that I so I don't think that Mike Williams is coming back. I'm sure Keenan that was Allen. a gruesome injury. Yeah, for for his yeah. age and everything. Yeah, was- yeah. And then in a walk year too, and uh, Swags, you you know, like we've talked about Mike Williams for years now. He's on my list, man, of guys that I just can't freaking stand. (laughs) Been waiting way too long for anything from him. He's on the list. He was on you there with Will Fuller. On that list. <laughs> yeah, you, do, you don't. Even the way you, you, the, the list has no name. It just has an attitude. He's on the list. Yeah, he's on my <laughs> list. Like, Will Fuller was on the list, and then he retired. So, like, he, he, he understood how damning that list is. He's just like, well, there's no coming back from this. I'm out. Like that's kind of what Mike Williams needs to do too. But like, uh, yeah, like, they have absolutely no reason to bring him back. Uh, I think you know, uh, I think Keenan Allen comes back kind of out of necessity. But I mean, you're still looking for who's the replacement. And back to when's the time to give up? I think I don't think Quint Johnson Johnston has given us any reason to maintain any kind of hope. Right. They're still looking for their wide receiver one of the future, I believe. So, um, yeah, you're, I mean, you're getting you're getting Jim Harbaugh, you're getting uh, Justin Herbert. Like, there's there's a lot to like about the situation. So, um, as much as I want to go, you know, quarterback or running back, I think that this one just feels way too obvious. We're gonna know uh, if we don't know already. I think we know how the Chargers feel about Johnston in 2023, but we don't know how they feel in 2024 until they draft. Right. And if they draft the way you're predicting, we will all know for sure how they feel about Quentin Johnston. Yeah. Because there's a lot of roots. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's yours? My number one landing spot? Do you want to save that? No, I say, no, I'm going to pick last. Oh, are we all doing this today? Nope. Nope. Each guest gets a pick. 
Every oh. so we'll I'm gonna save my pick wherever the last the very last pick is in the draft. Whatever whenever we decide you and I oh, the series man. is over, that's what I'll make my pick. So somebody might pick yours and then you can't yes, pick it or you can correct. still pick it. No, I can't pick it. Once it's oh, gone, it's man, gone. This is yep. that's crazy. I'm at a severe <laughs> disadvantage, but that's the way I like I it. I have mine. I feel like mine's chalk. <laughs> Well, you can you can certainly give yours next one, but we're not no. giving out more than one per show. You got to hold it back. No, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> what about everybody me? else have the candy? <laughs> uh, I mean, I already want to hear next episode because I want to know. So maybe maybe that'll have some effect on our listeners as well. I'll tell you guys after the show. <laughs> wait, now that now that I already made my pick, can I talk through some some of the other ones? Some of the ones hell that yeah. I considered. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Which one? What, what give me like two more you were thinking about? <laughs> uh, Arizona wide receiver was another one I was thinking about. Good one. Good one. Uh, Minnesota running back is another mm. one I was thinking about. Yeah. I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one too. I've been loving the, the um, Chargers running back spot, but I'm done with that. Like, I, I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm not falling for any Chargers running back until. I'll buy them when I see them. I'm not going to buy them before. But yeah, I like that one a lot. It was just yeah. I I I think that that they have what they need with Isaiah Spiller. So uh, I I'm just kind of holding out hope that that's the answer for them at running back. I per- you could probably get Spiller pretty cheap too. Yeah, you really yeah. can. It, with with any sort of belief, I would be snagging him out because I have none. I just I just not. I'm not. He's like he's another one of those guys that just. Nobody wants to even give him an opportunity. That's the worst part. Like if you're if you're not if you're not wanted to have an and you had opportunity, he absolutely had it. He was over you know overlooked by by other running backs that we all think suck and don't belong on our fi- our own fantasy <laughs> team. You know, so that just tells me how what I think of Isaiah Spiller and what the team thinks of him. I'm I'm definitely out. Um, but running backs will surprise you that they can definitely come up one great year. Yeah. So. John, with all of that said and kind of talking through it and having the questions thrown at you now, what do you think one of the biggest mistakes team builders make this time of year with rookies? That's a good question. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, there's Man, there's kind of a few of them. Um, if you could grab somebody by the neck and just be like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that it, like the, the number one, it, you know, it's a little bit generic, but the number one mistake that people make is they're making the pick in their head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we it's haven't conviction. even seen the combine yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like I said, there there are people already kind of going all in on the idea of Marvin Harrison Jr. at 101. That's that's kind of an extreme example, but people are doing this all all the way through the first round. They're already saying, "All right, well, I think this you know this guy's going to take this player." So, and and then they'll go trade for. They're like, you know, I need a tight end, and this is how I feel like the first, you know, five picks are going to fall, and none of them are going to be Brock Bowers. So I can trade up to 106 for Brock Bowers. Like, that's literally the thought process right now for a lot of people with their rookie yeah. picks. They're getting way too specific on names, and yeah. it's just way too early for that. Yep, I agree. Well, this is a fun show. Fenner, do you have anything else? No, that's all I got. I, I I'm impressed that that John had no show sheet, wasn't told about any of these questions, and killed it the way we knew John would. It was just I'm a, a show fun. sheet up. I'm yeah, a talker, a dude. You you guys know that. I, I'll I'll talk about anything <laughs> fantasy football related. I'll just I'll just shoot from the hip. <laughs> and yeah, talk I was way ready to listen. I talked too much. I felt I wanted to put myself on mute and just kind of <laughs> see what happened today. But it, it, you made me think of so many different things too. Yeah, definitely. It's always it, it, it's it's this conversation with the two of you. It has to be a conversation too. Yes. Like it's yep. just it's just too good and too fun. To yes. sit it out. So, yeah. yeah. It's almost like it just needed to be said, and there's three people that wanted to say it. So. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Follow John Hogue at Superflex Dude on X Twitter, ASAP. He should be your number one resource for your Superflex league. He's not going to steer you wrong. He's telling you the moves he's trying to make in his leagues. Great listen, great show. He's at Artmark TV. You can find him here with me on at Rookie Fever. And I'm me. I'm Swagzilla Zero G. 
John, I appreciate you a lot. Benary, uh, thank you guys for having me. It's it's always fun. And uh, I'm excited for this series. I'm going to be listening. Awesome, nice. man. Yeah, I'm excited too. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody does it as good as you. We'll let them know. We'll let, we're going to be like, we, did you not hear John's 101? Yeah, the bar is set high. We set the bar high. That's yeah. that's always the goal. We are... Rookie Fever and we are out. Rookie Fever. And welcome back to Wait, I don't want to do it like that <laughs> it kind of fucks me up not having the intro music for now. Yeah, it's not easy. You get to just reset on this show? Just... I, I'm going to yes. do that throughout the show then. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I wanted to say that different. That wasn't harsh enough. Let me try again. <laughs> Back up. Thank God for the fever. That was our gem right there. Yep. <laughs> He's not just a bad player, he's also very stupid. That's what I meant to say. 